When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. I'm John Hewlett. I am Favaz. And it's time for The Casey Tapes, Episode 2. Now, the first episode, or uh, whatever you call it, was uh, my fa- myself and Favaz talking about Favaz's interview with Sammy Hagar at the time he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That interview was specifically about that, and then we, of course, interjected our thoughts on, on that particular interview. Today, we take it to... An unbelievable level, and to this day, I am just so envious of you for being able to do this. But Favaz, in 2002, interviewed Paul McCartney. It was it was my biggest thrill. Uh, it has to be being in this business. And people ask, what, "What's your you know what's the most your your biggest thrill or the time that you were starstruck?" It was when he walked into the dressing room. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Imagine. I was like. It's Paul McCartney. Holy shit. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? Yeah, so. I, I just can't have that moment on how you felt. How nervous were you? I was very nervous. Oh, I would have been too. You know, I mean, the whole the whole thing, and, and you'll appreciate this because you work in TV way more than I do. Uh, it was hurry up and wait. Yeah. You know, they tell you to be somewhere, and then you get there, and then you wait. Right. And that's exactly what happened. And how long did you how long did you wait? Right, so I got a phone call from the promoter the day before saying, Would you want to interview Paul McCartney? <laughs> Dumb question. And I was like, Yes. So they told me to be and you're gonna hear it on the interview here. It was called Savas Center. Yeah. That was two names ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to be there at like five thirty and I had to be at the entrance where all the media come in. Yeah. You know, that back entrance. Yes, on fifteenth street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I waited and I waited. And I waited. Somebody finally came out and got me and then took me to a dressing room. So I go to this dressing room and I was just told, just just wait here. <laughs> kind of like at the doctor's office, you're yes. waiting for the uh, for the proctologist to come in and stick his finger. Yeah. So but the cool thing about that was that there were these two British women there and they were doing laundry. They were they were really? ironing, you know, uh, stage clothes, I guess, and they were very pleasant. I just remember having a, a really nice conversation with them. Uh-huh. So the manager came in and said, um, Paul will be in after he does sound check. So I was like, can I go watch sound check? And they told me no. Really? Well, I want to go back to the British okay, ladies. Sure. Yeah, they were sure. they were washing Paul's clothes. I don't know if they were Paul's clothes. It could oh, have been band. all the bands. Oh, the band. uh, but yeah, I mean, they were. I, I I would say they were folding, hanging, and ironing. Definitely ironing, not washing, because there were no washing machines in there. Yeah. Uh, but it was just really cool, and I just chatted with them, and I was sitting on this couch. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. You know, especially when they told me that I couldn't watch sound check, and none of the ushers could watch it either really? they were told to go mm-hmm. inside and this is way before doors were open you know and who i i couldn't even tell you by you know about what time it is by now but i could hear sound check and it sounded great and i was just like i wish i was watching sound check you know were, were you given cool. were you given a time limit on how long you could talk to him uh don't remember 
Were I don't any, remember. Were there any rules at all? I don't think there were any rules. The thing that I did, and there was no social media back then, I took uh, phone calls, I believe that day, and asked the listeners to to give me questions. Because I'm like, what do you ask Paul McCartney? Yeah, he's been asked everything, everything. a thousand times. And I don't want to go in there like a douche and go, hey, you know, like that one skit on SNL with, uh, what's his name? Well, so it's Paul McCartney. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You remember that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Yeah, and um, and and by the way, I I have a small part to add to this where <laughs> I did do something stupid like that with Paul. But go ahead. So anyway, I just and I had them literally give me every single question mm-hmm. that I asked, and it was great. It turned out really, really well. And now, yeah. Now you're he comes in the room, and uh, was anybody else in the room with you? It was just you and he. It was, okay, so when he, first of all, he comes in, and the the two women are there, and I don't think they left at all, and he comes in, I think, with the manager, who was not, like, clinging to him or anything. He's Paul McCartney. He can do whatever he wants. He walks in the room. We get introduced. We shake hands, and he says, I've got something to do. I'll be right back. And I was like, uh, the tease. <laughs> okay, I, I, fine. So, but but that by then I was just like, oh my god, that was Paul McCartney. I just yeah, shook his hand, yeah. and he had. I remember he had on, like a like a pink kind of blazer, fuchsia blazer. There's a picture somewhere uh, on the Casey website. Yes, I, I played golf at Ann Briar that day. I showed up in my long sleeve golf shirt, my Izod golf shirt, and I just remember playing golf and going directly to there. And uh, Well, you shook his hand. I shook his hand. What kind of handshake did he have? Uh, he had a firm handshake. Oh, okay, because yeah. I, I shook hands with Mick Jagger once. And it was like a dead fish. Oh, my God. The softest handshake I've ever experienced in my life. That's because he didn't want to touch. I'm surprised you shook hands anyway, because well, you was, don't like germs. That was before I became a germaphobe. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was, come on, it was Mick Jagger. You got to shake his <laughs> hand. He stuck it out. But anyway, so 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 Paul's was rather firm. Paul's was firm. And did he, did he put you at ease? Did he try to put you at ease at all? Did he? Um, he didn't really need to because his demeanor was awesome. I mean, he it didn't it wasn't like he walked in and was like, "I am a beetle. You are about to interview me." <laughs> you know, it was just like, "I'll be right." Back. And I can't do his voice, but you know, yeah. uh, he said, "I'll be right back." And I was like, "Okay." So I don't remember how long I sat. I sat on the couch, and he comes back in, and I stand up and I greet him again. He sits down next to me, and we start the interview. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I just that that was one, and this was before, like I said, social media. I had to call my sisters after that and tell them I was just sitting on a couch with Paul McCartney because they're about fifteen years older than me. They grew up during yeah. Beatlemania. Right, right. They were so jealous. Yeah. It was it was great, and so you know, then we did the interview. Yeah. Well, when he was in town, that tour, that stop, I also was a part of an interview with him. Yeah. We'll talk about that later on in the podcast. Here. Okay, let's uh, let's start her up. Start her up. Okay, let's. Favaz talking to Paul McCartney, sir, and sir, Paul. sir, Paul McCartney. <laughs> and at some point during the interview, if something pops into your head uh, or my head to say something sure. about what just happened, we'll pause the interview and and speak. Here let's we do go. it. Good evening, everyone. It's Favaz from KC ninety five Real Rock Radio here in the. You sound scared to death. What <laughs> guts of the Savas Center? He's sitting next to me on this couch, and uh, I have to say, I can't believe it's happening. I'm sure you get it all the time, but it's Sir Paul McCartney. Paul, how are you? It isn't happening, really. It isn't. <laughs> no, I'm just a lookalike. 
<laughs> Paul McCarty, of course, playing tonight at the Savage Center. Uh, it is the Back in the U.S. Tour. You look great. I hear the tour is going uh, fabulously. Tell, uh, tell us what it's uh, been like for you. Yeah, it really is going great. We're having a really good time. Um, we started the tour the earlier in the year, and it was just going to be a tour. You know, I like the band. I like the stuff we had. But uh, the audiences started to change the whole thing, and it, they just got wilder and wilder. And... Um, I think the response, you know, from the American audience has been so great. This, like, we're responding to that, and uh, you know, it's a, we tried to put together a pretty good show, but that combined with what they're giving us has made for a really special evening. So we look forward to it every time we go out there. Did you expect this kind of response? I mean, it's you. I mean, whenever you go out, it's a big deal, obviously. But, I mean, don't you kind of expect that kind of frenzy, that kind of atmosphere at a no, Paul McCarty show? Not really, you know. Um, you hope that people are going to like what you do, but you can never tell, you know, where people are sort of up to. Somebody suggested that uh, in the same way that the Beatles had happened to come here after... Um, JFK was assassinated and America was in shock. Um, it was just a question of timing. We didn't plan it that way, but we happened to show up here. And the timing was right. Um, uh, in some ways, people have drawn parallels to uh, September 11th and have said that, you know, uh, this is a good time for me to be here with the kind of show that we're bringing. Because people are, you know, letting their hair down and sort of enjoying it and... Uh, getting a good feeling off it so um so we didn't really expect it but there's something like that kind of ingredient has turned it into a very special tour for those of you that can't come to the show uh there will be a double live cd set called back in the u.s along with a DVD that will be re, uh, released on November 26th. Um, I'm excited to see the DVD. It's called like a rock and road show from what I heard. T tell me about the DVD that will be released. Yeah, well, um, we originally, once the show started to feel special to all of us on the road, um, we said, well, let's get a couple of cameras, you know, just just to kind of record it for ourselves, you know, it'll all be over in a matter of months and we'll, we'll wish we had some record of it. So we did that, and then those cameras grew, and uh, we, these guys followed us around and got started getting a lot of footage. And then they started shooting the show, and we started recording that. So it just grew and grew. So in the end, we had a lot of nice stuff, and the guy who'd been brought in, who's the director now of the DVD, Mark Hafley, did such a good job and got such exciting stuff, him and his cameramen, that... Um, we said, you know, this is, this has got to be more than just a record for us. We've got to make a CD, so we've done that, and a DVD with all sorts of special bonus things because we really had too much stuff to fit on the DVD. So uh, we've got a lot of extra stuff. Favaz, I'm just sitting here just green with envy how great this sounds, and you were talking to Paul McCartney. It does sound really good. I should say this is on mini disc. I recorded this on mini disc, and then yeah. we're playing it from the original. That is the original. And you you mentioned earlier about how I sounded nervous. Yeah, I can tell I was nervous because I used a word in the beginning of that interview that I never used that yes. I hate. What's that? Fabulously. <laughs> <laughs> Now, again, this took place in 2002, so he just referenced 9-11 and, and all that. Yeah, so we this were is, only a year out. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I mentioned last week, came back, played this interview on the air that night. And then the next morning, I was on a flight to Cabo, my first time out of the country, to go see Sammy Hagar and to, to do wow. the first 
uh, Cabo Wabo birthday bash. It was uh, it was a whirlwind. 12 hours, if you will. Yeah. It was kind of crazy, but this, yeah, he was cool. This interview is 16 years old, and it sounds this fantastic on the on that technology, that dat tape machine that you That's not dat. That's mini-disc. Oh, oh mini-disc, yeah. yeah. Oh, that yeah, mini-disc. It's different. That's right. Yeah. Okay, let's continue on with the interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Lund. So, um, once again, the CD and the uh, DVD, November 26th, back in the U.S. And then I don't know what you're going to be was, on ABC but... for a special on November 27th, a two-hour Paul McCartney special, where some of the DVD will be seen on that thing. But uh, you you like TV, don't you? You like being on American TV? You're no stranger to that? Yeah, I love it, you know. Um, first time we ever came over with the Beatles, we ended up on the Ed Sullivan show. So, uh, it's been part of the sort of ingredient of whatever I've done in America. Um, but again, you know, because things were feeling very special, some people from uh, ABC had come to the show, and they just sort of rang up and said, you know, we'd love to do a show on this. And because it's great for us, because the nice thing is that people who can't come to the show, maybe don't get the DVD or uh, the CD, can just turn on the televisions, and you know, and there it is. So I like that. I like that it makes things accessible, and. Um, It'll give a good idea of the fun we've been having. So, I, I mean, we've seen it, obviously, we to okay it. And uh, every time we look at it, we enjoy it, you know. So I think the viewers will. And that's on ABC on the 27th, I think. Yeah. We're talking to Sir Paul McCartney. I forgot to curtsy when you walked in. Is that all right? I know. I thought that was very rude of you, you know, but... Um, I'll let it off just this once. Mm -hmm. No, you know, it's, it's great because, I mean, you know, I, I got this huge title off the Queen and everything. But, I mean... <laughs> You know, for me, it's also a tiny bit of an embarrassment, you know, because in America, it's like, you know, hey, Paul, hey, Tom, Bob, dude. so and so and so, hey, dude, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable with that. But, um, you know, people do it just to be polite and stuff. Over here, they know, in, in England, it's kind of, they got Sir Paul, right? But in, in America, they go, hey, Sir McCartney, <laughs> to you, dude, all right. But um, I don't call, I don't mind, you know, I, I don't mind what they call me, really. Why do you still do these interviews before shows? I mean, you don't need to do this stuff. I was shocked when I got the call yesterday to say, number one, I could have you on the phone, and then it turned into this, meeting you in person. I was just floored that you still do this. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, um, there's people who don't get to the show, and I come to an area, and you're conscious that you've got a lot of people out there. I mean, I see the, the way the people feel at the show, and it's so sort of cool and so emotional that I just feel that, the people who don't get to the show, just sitting at home, sort of maybe the housewives or the guys in the in the, in the, the you know the garage working on the cars or whatever, it's the ordinary people who maybe I don't run into. The, in a way, it's a way of reaching them. You know, I don't need to do it, but I like to do it. Um, it's, got, it's so hard to believe after all these years. Well, you know, yeah, I find it a bit hard to believe. I do. I mean, it is amazing <laughs> that I I'm not really bored with touring. That's the number one amazement. But then, I'm not. I do love it, you know, I, I love uh, the crowds and I love playing with this band, you know, I'm a musician, that's what I do, that's what I did from the age of about 17. So I've been practicing a long time, you know, so to get out and actually do it and not just be practicing is a thrill. And um, a part of the whole thing is radios, stuff like that. You know, you don't want to just come to town and ignore you guys. Oh, that's how, how nice is that? Wow. Every, nobody will say that anymore, yeah. man. Yeah. And, and when he's talking about how people who can't get to the show uh, don't get to experience the emotion of actually being at, at a show like that, 
I've seen McCartney twice, and I'm telling you, during numerous points of his shows, I get emotional. Yeah. I, I, you know, I go back to uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand and the Ed Sullivan mm-hmm. show and seeing the Beatles and, the, and remembering it and, and their music being such a part of my life for so long. I get that way. So I get him saying, hey, I, he already knows. You know, right. it's, it's happened so many times. He's probably run into people who have not been able to go to his shows before and, and wish they could. So he still has empathy for those people. How awesome it, is it's that? It's just nice to know that he still gets it. And he, like you said, and people understand. And one other thing I'm going to throw in, obviously, these were all my questions first. The, the listener questions I mentioned earlier when yeah. we were talking are coming up. Okay. But but I had to act like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. You know, so that's why I was sure. asking these professional questions. Sure. All right. Let's get back to the interview. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So I had my listeners call me and uh, give me some questions because I didn't want to sit here and ask you questions that you've been asked a million times in your life. All right. So the, one of them, and I thought this was a really good one. Are you ever bored with your fame and how do you balance with being the most popular rock and roll star there is in the world today? I mean, how, how, how do you not get a big head? Cause you seem extremely down to earth. I mean, how, how do you handle it? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't always handle it, but when I do, I think that it is that I balance it. Um, I'm not always this famous guy in my mind. You know, I go out and I do like my hobbies. Like on this tour, we're taking a little sailboat around me. It's a little sunfish. You know, people expect me to have like a big yacht, but I've got a little sunfish, you know, it's about, what, that's 15 foot long or something, single man thing. And I get off on that. So it's just me and the wind and maybe Heather might come with me or something. Most, you couldn't get any more than two on the boat. It's a squeeze at that. But I do all those kind of things, you know. And I, so I keep normal like that. I go shopping in places. I'll get on the subway or, you know, on a bus. I was on a bus in New York recently. And all people, they their heads turn and going, And then obviously there's always someone who, hey, is that Paul McCartney? <laughs> I say, yep, it is. I say, and I don't want any trouble off you, okay? Because I'm just there on my own, you know. Because it's the best way. I've always done it like that. So it kind of keeps me sort of about as normal as you can be. And uh, I just like it like that. That's what I like. I like to retain that right to be like a private person and not be followed by a huge entourage of 20 people. It's okay when we're at the show. You've got security, you've got all the guys, you've got your, your, your people here. I like that. That's that's the other side of the balance. But I did make a decision when I was a kid. I thought, wait a minute, with the Beatles, this is this is getting to be really big fame. So you've either got to give in now or just get with it and enjoy it. So I kind of made a conscious decision to always try and enjoy it and balance it up. Wow, that's amazing. And here's a guy who's got to worry. You would think he'd have to worry about security, especially in the face of what happened. 24-7. Yeah, yeah with, with with his partner, John Lennon. Yeah, he just killed on a street, but he, he still goes out and, and just does the, the common guy thing. And remember, how long ago it was, maybe seven or eight years ago, he and uh, his his new wife. So it had been, right. He had to be like Heather. Five he mentioned Heather. Yeah, he had mentioned Heather there. <laughs> uh, but uh, his woman, he's been married to for what maybe five years or so. So it had to be like within five years. He started in Chicago and drove Route 66 and came through St. Louis. He sure did. And went to a Cardinal baseball game uh, without any fanfare. That I didn't he didn't, know. He didn't really? contact the Cardinals or anything. Wow. Yeah, and then drove all the way out to California and, uh, and tried to you know 
replicate a, a, tra- could a, we, a travel. I don't know if I could have done that. If I was Paul McCartney, at least I would have said, call up the Cardinals. And But then he probably figured if he called the Cardinals, he would get a suite and they'd take care of yeah. him and, you know, yeah. the pictures and all that. Here, he probably just sat well, he, somewhere. He may have ended up in a suite, too. Maybe somebody with connections that got him into saw a suite or, or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe saw him or something. Uh, or, or somebody knew something. And I, he was, it's not like he was just sitting in some seats indiscriminately. I so think he wasn't he was. in the bleachers getting drunk? No, no, oh, okay. no. But uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, let's continue on here. We're getting close to the end, and I want to talk about my uh, interaction with it. him uh, that f- same night. Oh, that, that same, same night? night? Okay. Yeah, it was that same night. Yeah. I think that's what I still do. Do the tabloids bother you, or do you just write it off and go, trash? I don't really like it, you know, um, sometimes it bothers me, but you have got to just sort of ignore it and just think, uh, you know, that's their game, they've got to do this. Uh, it's probably more hurtful for people around me than me. I'm used to it, so I've got a skin as thick as a rhinoceros, you know, and uh, I just sort of think, yeah, that's what they're always going to do. I'm never going to stop them, so don't read them. I just don't read them. But um, like I say, sometimes it gets to people around me. Uh, it'd be good if that ingredient wasn't in there, but it is, so you live with it, you know, just think, ah, well, it's their problem, not mine. Okay, another listener wanted to know, did you ever think about joining Ringo's All-Star Band for fun, just like for a one-off thing or anything like that? <clears throat> yeah, we still, I'm still threatening to do that. With the timing's <laughs> never been right, but he did ask me to do that, just show up one night and play a bit of bass, you know, and uh, he's not going out this year, but um, yeah, I'm still threatening to do it. So you never know. One of these days I might just be there lurking at the back. Here's another one. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. They, uh, somebody said, look, uh, you know, when the Beatles started experimenting with drugs, music kind of changed a little bit and stuff like that. They wanted to know what your, back in the day, your drug of choice was to sit around and do and then write music. It's Jelly Babies. <laughs> no, man, we never took any drugs. I don't know who's starting that vicious rumor. I mean, the idea that the Beatles actually did drugs is like so wrong and so bad I, if I could catch up with the person who's spreading that rumor I would really tell him a thing or two that's my answer good one alright alright how funny was that yeah you know the Beatles were famous for experimenting with marijuana and I think they did LSD yeah. and, and stuff yeah. like that but you know he just kind of avoided the whole issue and yeah. I, I'm surprised I went ahead and asked that question you <laughs> well, totally didn't have to answer right I told you yeah so how much more we got left on the interview? I have think? no idea. Huh? It's it's got to be winding up. How long has it been since you've listened to this interview? I have not actually heard this. I, I couldn't tell you, John. Yeah. It, I know maybe one other time since that night in yeah. 2002, but I couldn't tell you. All right, let's continue on. <laughs> have uh, let's see what uh, what one thing could you or would you change in your career if you could? Is there something you look back on and go, I wish I didn't do that, or I wish I would have done this? Uh, no, in my career, there's nothing, you know, I've really loved all its kind of quirkiness. Uh, and, you know, in the early days, we were just like the quarry men and going around, we couldn't get arrested, you know, no one would book us, we couldn't, you know, no one wanted to know. And there was, there was always this old lady who played the spoons who beat us everywhere we went. We used to do contests and she beat us all the time. But even then, you know, I remember that fondly. So it's great. In, so in my career, there's nothing I would change, really, I don't think at all. Um, I think personally, you know, when you sort of have inevitable arguments with people, uh, now I'm kind of older and wiser, and looking back on it, obviously when uh, someone like John and George have passed on, you know, 
it, obviously, personally, I, if I could go back in a time machine, I'd go, hey, let's not have this argument now because we're not always going to be here. But you can't do that. It's, you'd be inhuman if you could do that. But I suppose, you know, if I could rewind, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Today is October 9th, the birthday of John Lennon. And do you happen to know what song was number one in the United States in 1965 on this day? Any guesses? Pass. Yesterday. Oh, wow. Hey, man, I should know that even. Oh, that's great. Well, that's two great anniversaries right there. Um, yeah, you know, um, it's lovely to... I'm doing a, a song in the show tonight for John, so it's nice to be doing it on his birthday, you know. Um, more influential, the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin? Because the Beatles are the most influential ever. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Stones or Zeppelin? Uh, influential to who? To... Um, most of the uh, musicians that are out today playing, or even over the years? Um, tough question. I think both, I'd have to say, because I think the Stones, because of their early blues influences and satisfaction, honky-tonk women and all that kind of thing, guitarists. But then Zeppelin, you know, they went and did a huge thing. Uh, it really depends who you're talking about. If you're talking about uh, maybe heavy metal kids, then maybe Zeppelin. Um, maybe more than the Stones, but it, like I say, it depends to what audience you're talking about influencing. Maybe if it's like your Harley Davidson boys, that might be the Stones. Or you could even throw in Black Sabbath. You could very easily, <laughs> but where would you throw them, and how far would you get? <laughs> and it's just so funny that uh, well, it's not funny actually. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne says the Beatles made him get into music. Yeah, I know it. It is funny that it's like. You think, oh, Ozzy, you know. I mean, I suppose it's till this TV show, you would have just thought, well, the trouble is people believe your image. You know, you have this black image and Prince of Darkness and all of that, and it's showbiz, you forget. This is show business. It's just like, you know, Al Jolson being called a black man. It's just not true. It's a show. It's a, it's a fake. Um, but it, it was a bit of a surprise to me when I think Ozzy went on the uh, Tonight Show and told Jay Leno that, like I was like a really big influence, and it was like, yeah, Oz, go for it, man. I love him. He's a great guy, you know, and I think this success of this TV show is just because he is a nice guy, and he's got a nice family, and that comes over. But it's very bizarre, sort of, you know, 21st century family. You know, the Flintstones were never like this. <laughs> well, it's been a thrill. Paul McCartney playing tonight at Savas. And uh, don't forget the Double Live CD set and the DVD out November 26th called Back in the U.S. And Paul will be on TV for two hours on November 27th. Paul, um, it was a thrill meeting you. And it's just nice to know that you're such a cool guy, too. And thanks for talking to us. All right, man. Nice to see you, too. So rock on, all your listeners. Keep rocking on. And uh, we'll catch you next time. 14 minutes and 52 seconds. Did it end right there or should I hit it? It, it ended, but then you know what? He recorded <clears throat> a liner for me. My old friends. Well, let's, let's listen. My old friends. Oh, it should be coming up. Like a show no, 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 no. Here we are still talking. I was just trying to put a bit more in my Yeah, exactly. Do it however you want to do it. Okay, here we go. Hi, this is Paul McCartney, and you're listening to my buddies in St. Louis. It's KC95 Real Rock Radio. That's a hey, cool this one. is Paul McCartney on KC95, and if there ever was a fifth Beatle, it sure as hell wasn't Fazavazav. Favaz. But he's a good bloke anyway. Hi there, it's Paul McCartney asking you to rock and roll up your sleeve during the KC Blood Drive. 
or as it's written down here, the Bud Drive. The Bud Drive. Give Bud to Keishi. And remember, eat your veggies. Is that it? I think that's it. I guess oh I, my gosh, I, guess I should give Drew that priceless. blood drive one. Yeah. Well, and the one about your name. Yeah, I have that on a hotkey, and I'll play. But you know, we don't play the Beatles on KC. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll pull that up every once in a while. But priceless, man. Oh my gosh, I am so, as I said before, green with envy over <laughs> you getting to do that. I just wish. Now, I did get a chance okay, to talk yeah, to what Paul happened? McCartney. Yeah. What happened? Uh, well. Again, this was 2002. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals had made the playoffs. Okay. So I was doing the morning show uh, with J.C. Corcoran and Jen Sparks. I believe it was just the three of us at that time. Mm-hmm. And this was on K-Hits. This was on K-Hits, 96.3, right. which was our sister station at the time. Right. I would do K-Hits morning show from 6 to 10, and I'd go down the hall, and I'd do KC from 10 to 1, my midday shift. Right. So we're doing the morning show, and we get a chance to interview Paul McCartney. Now, we're sitting in a van broadcasting live from the Cardinals playoff game before the Cardinals playoff game. So this game. is the day of? The same day. Okay. Yes, October the 9th, 2002. Okay. So we're sitting in a van uh, outside of patios yeah. on the south end of the stadium. Yeah. And Paul McCartney's in his limo driving to... <laughs> the Savas Center where he's going to do the show and, of course, do the interview with you. So right. this happened actually before he, he spoke with you. And we had trouble getting the connection. Carl, the intern, is working the board here at the mm-hmm. station, and he's trying to hook us up, you know, through, through his phone to our patch us in together. And he's talking to Paul on the phone. Paul's calling on his cell phone. Oh, cool. And Carl says, hold on. For whatever reason, they get disconnected. So he had, you know, I thought, oh, my God, I just lost Paul McCartney. I just blew this interview for Corcoran and Hewlett and, right. and Jen. And Paul calls back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to. <laughs> that, another thing that does not happen. Yeah. Because if something like that happens, you're the one that always calls back. The rock star never calls back because they don't care. Yeah. But he does. He called back, and, and then Carl was able to get us hooked up together. So we're talking to him. I hadn't asked a question yet. Uh, J.C. was asking a couple of questions, and then J.C. asked a question about something uh, about the Beatles back in the day, and he gave an answer. Mm-hmm. And I came up with a, what I thought was a good follow-up question to it, and Paul just said, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't live in the past like you do, so uh, <laughs> I don't really have an answer to that question. You don't remember so, what your question was? I don't remember what it was, but it was a follow-up to Corcoran's, and I felt like dirt. <laughs> Just complete dirt. That's, so my experience wasn't funny. near as positive as yours. That is funny. But yours is fantastic. Wow. Thank you. What it an was, interview. Uh, you did a great job with it, Favaz. Thanks. I, uh, like I said, we took a picture afterwards, and uh, that picture is priceless to me uh, oh because it, 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 it'll, it may never happen again. Yeah. You know, and Ringo was just here not that long ago. He was the only one, other one that you could meet, yeah. talk to. Yeah. You know, they don't, uh, Ringo doesn't do interviews like Paul did and uh it was an absolute thrill yeah uh it must have been i just can't imagine it now like like i said in in the i guess the biggest rock star i probably ever met was mick jagger and keith richards yeah. and uh i mean i to that's that's priceless stuff to me too the photo and mm-hmm. and un- unfortunately in my photo with them i'm just wearing some horrible clothes from the <laughs> 80s so it's is that that one where you were, were you wearing a sweatshirt or i was something? wearing a white sweater a sweater. I mean, did you have your big glasses? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's for another time. All right. uh, but uh, yeah, great job on this. And uh, Thank th- you. this this is our this is our second podcast. Again, it's called the Casey Tapes. 
and we have hopefully some more. It's going to be tough to top this one. Well, first of all, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell yeah. your friends that love KC, that love to hear old interviews, or your friends that are fans of McCartney or Sammy Hagar that we did. Tell them to uh, to to go to iTunes or, or whatever and, and sign up for our, you know, the show is called The KC Tapes. All you have to do is search it out and you can subscribe and you'll know when we put out a new one. So, but we don't know what we're going to do next week or no. do we? No, we have the first it's your two. turn. <laughs> We've done two of mine. It's yeah. going to be your turn. All right, pressure's on. All right, thank you, John. Thank you, Foz. Bye. Bye. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, we're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.